Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 350. Woohoo! Cameron's first 2021 wild turkey. And I am your co-hypocrite once again. (laughs) And the guy who survived the brown black widow recluse bite. I have made it just like you survived the COVID last year. The COVID. I have survived a brown black widow recluse bite. And I'm your co-host, and I'm not the guy who left out a third of the interview last week. (laughs) (laughs) Who did it then? I don't know. I'm not going to name any names. It was one of the co-hosts of this podcast, though. Well, you know, I think that the week before last, we had... Your Alaska turkey hunt, which we've now been accused of posting some clickbait out there. And so... I I can't um, help it, man. Found found a good pocket of birds in Alaska right there in Anchorage. It was was crazy. Great hunt. Yeah. Well, so I figured this week I would just try to catch up with you, leave out a third of the interview with Chubbs. (laughs) That way we repost the whole entire episode and everyone gets to download it again. Yeah, there we, now we're talking. Now we're bumping our stats up, cooking the books. <laughs> One million viewers this year. That, <laughs> that way, the five we do have, we'll have to download it, I, I don't know, you know 200,000 times each. I'm actually just going to bring in an extra 30 seconds of content into the Chubbs <laughs> interview for a whole week. And then next week, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Oh, hey. Download the Chubbs interview again because we have another 30 seconds of content for you. Yeah, we'll just release <laughs> half a minute at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. so here's a deal. I am not perfect. None of us are. And, you know, I get very caught up in work. I'm training a new employee now, which I'm hopeful Actually, I'm not even hopeful. I know that he is going to help take some of the burden off of me. Yeah. in the future but right now there's is he's not an extra burden it's just training him has become an extra burden so yeah. taking up a little bit more of my time than normal and hey i forgot that i was being mr nice guy and took a third of the chubbs interview away from cameron to edit and so i edited the intro and outro forgot to edit the third of the interview with chubbs and added back <laughs> to the show so Listen, if you thought the hour and I don't know how much of the interview with Chubbs was awesome. There's more. (laughs) There is more. And seriously, download the other half hour or so, 20 minutes to 30 minutes. Download it again. Listen to that last part of the interview with Chubbs. It is just as good as the first part of the interview, if not better. Yeah, it it. For reference sake, if you are going to go back and listen to the remainder of that episode, I think it's about the one hour and seven minute mark will be where it picks up with new content that wasn't in the episode posted last week. So, Or you can listen to the whole thing again. It's a great episode, so probably worth it. But if you do want to only hear the new part, hour and seven minutes, I believe I was talking about Tanner Burns around that area. And then Kenny's the one that pointed it out to me. I didn't even know it. He was like, yeah, it kind of just cut off. You know, we didn't even, like, say bye or anything. I was like, huh, I thought I remembered us, like, you know, saying goodbye during the interview. (laughs) And I went and listened to it, and I was like, that wasn't the whole interview. (laughs) 
Was that, I, I don't remember Kenny giving a golden tip that Andy cut out or something. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember. But we got to sort it out. Go check There's it out. Andy sandbagging again. <laughs> well, go go check that out because the feedback. I really appreciate everybody who has talked to us about last week's episode. That was a, a great episode, and we've had really positive feedback on it. And I always appreciate feedback, good or bad, about episodes. So thank you all for doing that. Absolutely. Totally agree. So you're going to be sharing a hunt with us for this episode. And yeah. before we get into it and get a little bit of the pre-hunt setup from you, I have something to share with you. Ooh, what you got? We are 253 days, 9 hours, 41 minutes, and 12 whole seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. Sounds better every week. When I'm looking at it, I got 261 days, 9 hours, 16 minutes, and 27 seconds from opening day of turkey season in Tennessee. And well, I cannot freaking wait. I'm telling you. And I saw a little something, something that I think some of our listeners are going to be interested in. And something that I hope that the powers that be in the great state of Alabama are paying attention to. And it's news that you, Cameron, shared with me. Mm. And that is that Georgia's season start date has been pushed back. Yep, April 2, April I believe. Two. Yeah, same as Tennessee. That's an interesting start date. Is that a Saturday? Have you looked at the calendar? Yes, yes. Okay. It's, it's the same opening day as Tennessee. So the first Saturday of April is what they pushed it to because, you know, I would think if that was like a Tuesday or something, why not start at April 1? But that makes total sense that it is a Saturday. Yeah, and it was interesting because they had proposed also that WMAs would not open until April 9th or, or even later, I think, another two weeks. But I don't think they actually passed that. I couldn't see that anywhere in their in their laws. So I think everything opens on the same day, April 2. Yeah. So well, that's something that Alabama's been doing for the past few years is starting the WMAs a little bit later yeah. than the general season. Yeah. It does. I, I, that's one of the things that I kind of moan and groan about is that Alabama does not really have a split open season, but mm-hmm. they do. There's pockets of the state that have fewer birds, and so the state has a shorter season in those pockets and a later start date. But yeah. for the WMAs, they have been starting those about 10 days later than they have the general season in the state. And I just don't think it hurts. No, no, probably not. And, you know, I guess from a perspective of somebody that if you had private and public land access, you know, it wouldn't bother you as much. But it would kind of suck if you're if you have no private access and public's your only way to hunt and you got to sit an extra week or two while all your buddies are hunting their camps, you know. I'd be but, trying to make some friends. <laughs> but you really don't because the national forests are open. Oh, that's true. That is true. It is WMAs. Yeah. So that's a good point. I haven't yeah. thought of that. Other changes in Georgia, there were, well, A, it's a two-bird limit now, dropped from three, and you can only shoot one bird per day. It used to be, I mean, if you wanted to, you could have killed all three in one day. I, I actually killed two in one day in Georgia, mm-hmm. which is one of the only states I've done that in. So that, that's another law change there for next year to keep in mind. And I believe they added three new quota hunts that were not previously quota hunts. I think it is Paulding Forest is now a quota hunt. There's two quota hunts. 
Bullard mm-hmm. Creek and Crockford all will have new quota hunts that previously weren't there. Very cool. So big changes in Georgia. We're seeing a lot of changes. Oklahoma down to one bird. Georgia's changing. Arkansas made some big changes we talked about in previous episodes. Tennessee dropped a bag limit last year. Alabama's got big changes. A lot going on, especially in the southeast. Yeah, I just think that a lot of these states are going to have to make changes out of self-defense. South Carolina, Tennessee, North Carolina, which they're already much later than everyone, every other state in the southeast anyway. Florida, did I say Alabama already? Alabama, if I didn't, are going to have to look at Georgia and say, hey, we're going to have to cut our start date back because we're going to end up with all of these hunters from Georgia hunting our birds. So if Georgia and Tennessee match up start dates, hey, that's cool. Yeah, North Carolina's later than that. I think South Carolina is April 1, so it's only a day earlier. Okay. I think Mississippi's the one that is going to have to change out of out of fear of the non-resident, honestly. <laughs> well, they've been getting it for years from Arkansasans and yeah, but, you know, not mean, so much from hunters from Alabama because our season normally has opened pretty early as well. But now that it's being pushed back, those hunters are going to Mississippi. Tennesseans are going to Mississippi. Now you Georgians. Just, yeah. You're going to get Mississippi guys, good luck. Your your North Florida hunters would go to Mississippi to hunt early, you know? (laughs) Absolutely. Not far at all. If Mississippi doesn't make any changes on March 15th, the only two states you can hunt, or three, would be Hawaii, South Florida, south of I-70, and Mississippi. And Alaska. Don't forget Alaska. And Alaska, yeah. Alaska, very liberal bag limit, very long season. That's where my hunt today takes place yet again. And <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Come on. Is I mean, that's where I was. Hunt, is every hunt that you're going to air for all of our listeners, are all of those hunts going to have taken place in Alaska? Yes. I drew the, the governor's tag of Alaska this year, unlimited bag limit, long season. So this year, March through May, I, I was in Alaska the whole time, hunting a lot of different terrains out there. But but no, I, I'm just like we talked about last week and the week before when I shared another hunt, said it was in Alaska, like we talked about last week, the secret society deals moving away. And I said it on there, I'm, I'm done promoting any state, not that. I think I have a powerful voice or anything like that, but I, I saw with my own eyes this year in Tennessee, I saw some very popular YouTubers and social media influencers promote my state, and then I saw what happened immediately. And when you see that with your own eyes, you can't help but think, I don't want to do that to somebody else's state. And so I, I'm I'm not going to disclose anything about any states I hunt anymore. I've been purging my Instagram and getting rid of anything that says a certain state name. And that's just how I'm going to handle it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't contribute to the story. It, you know, if you're only listening to turkey hunts or looking at people's turkey photos to garner what state they're in, I mean, come on. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that. But yeah. if it means I don't, you know, promote a state over another one and, and send masses there. I don't want to take a chance. So I, I'm just going to keep saying, your boy's hunting in Alaska. And man, it was some good hunting again this time. Well, you know what? After all of the talk last week about me being a hypocrite about turkey hunting, I actually really liked 
the mystique that turkey hunting had years ago, you know, and that secret society thing that you mentioned, it was kind of cool to be part of that secret society Heck yeah. of turkey hunters. And so I don't know necessarily that I have much of an issue sharing tips and some tactics that work, but I have seen as well what some of these YouTubers and social media influencers can do to sway license sales. And it's huge. Look, I don't believe that I'm any better than anyone else listening to this show. You offer me a tip about a location as to where you found turkeys being plentiful. And that's where I want to go because you guys who are doing the chasing the super slam, you totally understand it. Your time in the woods out of state is limited. Yep. Your time out of state away from home is limited. And so every little tidbit of information that you can get to make that time away more lucrative is huge. And so these guys sharing their locations of where they are and where they're having so much success, I really do believe when you give away the location of a WMA that you're hunting or a piece of national forest that you're hunting, you're doing the people that hunt there a disservice. And there's no way you can argue against that. I mean, I wouldn't want someone doing that to me. No. So you spent a great deal of time this past season in Alaska, but I spent a great deal of time in Puerto Rico. Oh, nice, nice. That'd... Yeah, the fifty soon to be fifty first state. Yeah, I was gonna say they're they're about to become a state at some point, probably if they ever vote to do it. So. Yeah. Yeah, you you hunted Puerto Rico. I hunted Alaska. I mean. We had great seasons. You visited me in Alaska. I visited you in Puerto Rico. Good times. It's it, always it was good an awesome to go time. share some some time in the woods with friends and loved ones. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, I think that's how we're going to go about it going forward. At least I know I am, and I think sounds like you are too now. So well, you've taught me into it. You were the first one to air a hunt of a turkey <laughs> killed in Alaska, and in a week or two. I'll be the first one to air a hunt where a turkey was killed in Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Yeah, well, I think it's just one of these things where you got to kind of go with the times. And 10 years ago, saying you killed a turkey in X state wouldn't have had any impact at all. But we're in a world of traveling turkey hunters yeah. that are traveling, that are skilled, that are killing, and that will travel in masses if they think there's a lot of turkeys in a certain state. And so got to adjust with the times and realize that you can hotspot a whole state, not just a WMA. But anyway, enough of that. Let's, let's head to Alaska to the beautiful pine lands of Alaska. This hunt. (laughs) So this hunt began on an opening day in Alaska and went up there Heard a turkey opening morning, gobbling. Didn't really ever get close to killing that turkey. He he was gobbling pretty good, and it was not an area that I was familiar with. Had never stepped foot there before. And so on my Onyx, it looked like, and from where he was gobbling, I was like, man, he's just out in the middle of the woods gobbling. You know, there's nothing between us. And so I couldn't figure out why it wouldn't come. Well, after he finally quieted down and left, I got up and walked over there very fresh cutover. He was out in the middle of it. And the imagery on Onyx had not picked up on it yet. Cause I mean, it was 
like not long before cutover. Mm-hmm. So he was, you know, you know, thinking I'm going to come to him. He's in his zone. So that made a lot more sense once I saw that. Sat down on the edge to see if, A, if I could see him walk across the cutover and fly up, hear him fly up, hear him gobble, you know, anything to give me a starting point the next day. Because I knew he was right here this morning, you know. He's, yeah. where he flies up tonight will most likely be within earshot of here at least. So I was sitting there and a hen flew up and I actually saw her. So I knew it was a hen <clears throat> and I thought, all right, dude's around here. He's not far. And I finally, it was getting pretty late and I thought, well, the owls and stuff aren't, aren't doing it for me. I'm going to have to break out my own voice. So I let out a, a real loud owl. I mean, I, I really leaned into it and I heard a turkey gobble way off. And for me, when I hear a turkey on the roost in the evening gobble, I'm not messing around. I don't just sit there like, okay, cool. One's right over there. I'll start somewhere over there tomorrow. I jumped up and I'm like running towards the turkey because I know it's getting dark quick. So I run over there. Hoot, he gobbles. I run in closer. Hoot, he gobbles. I got even closer. Hoot, he gobbles. And I'm like, all right, he's right here. So I had him pretty, I mean, solidly nailed down. The only issue I had was he was roosted directly over, a, I wouldn't say a river, it's more of a creek, but it's a big creek. It's not very deep, it's just pretty wide, good-sized body of water, like, it's going to year-round have, have water, this isn't like a drainage, yeah. you know? And I could not tell, I was like, he's either roosted right on this side, over the water, or right on the other side. There's, I could not tell, and I knew I couldn't get any closer without screwing him up what side of the water he was roosted on but i had taken from two or three different spots a pin location of him to where i knew he's right here in this cluster of trees without a doubt mm-hmm. i just don't know which side of the water he's going to fly down on and my gut told me the last time he gobbled i just i mean i just sat there and stared and and thought and i was like that sounded like it was if I had to put my life on it, I'd bet he's right on the other side of the creek. And so that's what I, the next morning, I was like, I'm crossing the creek and I'm going to set up on that side. And I actually had somebody with me, uh, older gentleman, the, the father of a friend of mine was hunting with me. And so I was like, look, and he really wanted me to kill the turkey because this was a place I don't hunt all the time, whereas he does, you know. And I told him, I don't care if I kill it. I don't care if you kill it. Like, I, you know, we got one nailed down. Rather than I split up and hunt two different areas, why don't you get on one side of the creek? I'll get on the other side, and we should have a really good chance of killing him. One of us, you know? Yeah. And he's like, cool. So he got on the side that I roosted the turkey from, and I went and crossed the creek up a couple hundred yards from the bird, crossed the creek, sneaking up the creek. And, it, I mean, it is pitch black dark. Pitch black dark and a coyote howls and i mean i'm talking 45 minutes an hour before it should be gobbling time coyote howls oh it's like holy crap Hmm. he's already awake (laughs) and so i'm gonna pick up the audio right here while i'm i'm when he gobbled the first time i turned the audio on because you know I didn't think it was time to turn it on yet, but I was like, well, heck, he, he just gobbled, so he's awake, so I'm going to turn it on, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I turn the audio on, slip it back in my pocket, and start walking, and so I'm going to pick up there where I'm creeping through, and he actually gobbles a couple times, I believe, and then I, I'm going to come back in after an event happens and tell you what exactly just happened. And so we'll just pick up there with me slipping in 
to the roost to hunt this turkey. Very cool. All right, see you on the other side. So if you were listening closely, you heard me creeping, and then you heard, and then never me, the sound you really want to hear when you're walking yeah, in the woods. Yeah, slipping in, and at this point, when you heard that, I knew I was getting very close. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's not what you want to hear at all. And you hear that, and then I, I you know, I cut it pretty quick after that. But after that, there's a long moment of silence. Yeah of me sitting there and so to tell you what happened i'm creeping and i'm thinking i literally was creeping and i looked and i saw the tree that i wanted to be on and it was about 20 yards ahead of me like there it is if i get to that tree i'm set and i take one step it it got a little bit more open before i got to that tree but i wanted to be a little ways into the more open ground it's just real thinned out they're big pines but it's they're not right next to each other. I mean, they're 10 yards apart almost in rows. Mm-hmm. And so I took one step out into the more open ground, and I looked up, big old gobbler flying out of the tree. No doubt about it. I mean, he's like, you know, having to give it his all to get out of that tree. Yeah, I was just sick. I was like, oh, my gosh. I saw his beard swinging. He goes flying off. He's right above my freaking head. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I was like, that. I can't believe I just screwed this up. And I sat there. I looked at the tree he was in. I looked at my onyx. Looked at the tree he was in. I was like, this is 100 yards from where I marked him last night. And you had a good beat on him then. Uh-huh. I mean, from that angle, I knew where that turkey flew out of the tree was 100 yards from where I had the mark. And I thought, I didn't miss that turkey by 100 yards that gobbled yeah. last night. I did not. There is no way... I screwed it up that bad. Unless he changed trees in the middle of the night, which I've heard they can do, you know. But I thought, you know what? It's starting to get light. I think my best bet, and I've done this in the past, I'd spook a turkey out of the tree. I've I've actually had really good success with it. Just sit down, yeah, you know. And so I, I just went right to that tree I was trying to get to anyway and sat down and thought, hey, worst case, maybe another one within gobbling distance, you know, hearing distance will gobble and I can go to him. But... I just the more I sat there, I thought I didn't I didn't miss it that bad. There, I think there's two gobblers, and I just one of them is no longer here. But I <laughs> I think there's one more somewhere. Yeah. 
And so I sat down, and we'll let the audio pick up from there. But let's just say on this round, I was correct. <laughs> nice. So we'll pick up there. I think I'm going to cut in one more time before the finale and then kind of just describe the scene and then we'll finish it out. So let's hop in here and this is me sitting down and, and what happened that morning. So here we go.
All right, so you can obviously tell we got multiple gobblers. So I'm sitting, let's just say where I'm facing is 12 o'clock, and that's that's the gobbler that I heard the night before, and he's gobbling really good. And then over my right shoulder, about 40 yards, another one's gobbling, and directly 6 o'clock behind me, another one's gobbling. Hmm. And so I'm, I mean, this is this is it. This is the catbird seat of Turkey. You know, th- this is it. And then... To make matters even better, about 10 yards behind me in the trees where the gobbler flew off, hens start calling. Nice. And so I'm just like, you know, this is it. I think it, a quote from Wade Weinman, I was holding the straight flush of turkey hunting, which he described as being between the big man and his dames. That's where I was. So, and it was even better because I knew there's two gobblers right here on top of me. And there's one, the one I roosted a little bit further away and i'm between everybody so i'm like this is it he's somebody's gonna walk past me you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so we'll jump back in here the one in front of me flies down and that's where we pick up so we'll jump in here finish this hunt out and i'll kind of tell y'all what happened but uh just reliving this man it's you know you don't just like last week's or two weeks ago's hunt these are few and far between you know, just blind pure luck got right between them. Got to hear some close goblin. Freaking awesome hunt. Let's finish it out. All right.
Alaska bird down. So yes, same sir. area I hunted in Alaska in 2020. I went back opening day 2021, got it done. So th- this turkey in front of me flies down. I start calling. And so where I had sat, the lanes, you know, I said there's kind of lanes of trees. Yeah. So it would be a row of pines and then say 30 yards, totally open lane running as far as you can see north. Mm-hmm. And then another block of pine. And so I sat in the dead center of two lanes where, because I didn't know, you know, I was like, he could come down this left lane towards the hens or he might come down this right lane towards this other gobbler. I don't know. So I'm just aiming dead center and thinking he's going to come down one of them. And so I start calling. He's gobbling. He hits the ground. He's just screaming. I could see him kind of pitch out there through the woods. And then I hear him. And I'm like, all right, he's he's here. I'm like, okay, he's he's right here. <laughs> I'm looking at like wide open ground. And I'm like. Okay, I should be, you know, safety should be off and he should be flopping. Like, where, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so then I finally see it, this big pine tree right in front of me, 10 yards in front of me. I see a tail fan come around the corner of it. And I'm like, holy crap. Whenever he pitched, he just, he lit perfectly in line with one tree. And I guess had stayed behind it on the entire approach because i mean i could tell his drumming was just getting closer and closer and closer and then yeah. it was so close that it's like he's in 100 percent in killing range but he just kept this tree between us the whole time so luckily i saw his tail fan just kind of come out from behind it just the side of it so i just moved my gun over and he gobbles right there walks out the other side boom you know 25 30 yards maybe and that was it so he was beautiful gobbler had he had a little bit of beard rot going on but it wasn't totally severed it was just real thin about halfway down and then it just a few long pieces of beard whereas the the top of it was nice and thick but it it was just an awesome hunt i mean you just typical early season hunt you know big flock of turkeys really fun when you can get in amongst them like that it's it's very rare but i mean that's early season turkey hunting right there you, yeah. you get between the big man and his dame. That's yeah. that's it, you know. <laughs> and it was totally yeah. by accident. I had no idea all of these turkeys are in these woods. I'd heard one turkey gobble on the roost the night before, you know, which is interesting to me because there's four gobblers, which I could hear the one that flew off gobbling way off in the distance where he flew to, but there were four gobblers right there, but only one of them would gobble that afternoon before. Yeah. And, you know, the reason I think he was gobbling, all the other turkeys that were on the roost could see each other, in my opinion. They were that close together. And then he was like 50 yards away or maybe 70 yards, you know. He was a little bit away, 100 yards, whatever it is. I wonder if that's why he was gobbling the afternoon before, whereas none of the other ones would. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's something that's really interesting to me because it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense as to why some birds gobble in the afternoon and some don't. You know, the afternoon before opening morning last year, or I should say this past spring, I found a bird gobbling very well on the roost. Went in there that morning well before daylight thinking he's gobbling that well on the roost in the afternoon. He's by himself. 
he was roosted with three hens. I mean, not like 150 yards off. I mean, roosted with three hens. Yeah. And um, still gobbling <laughs> like that in the afternoon on the roost. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, I know 2020, the first hunt I went on, I was hunting with John Kellum. We've shared that hunt on the podcast before, but the turkey the afternoon before, I mean, if you had yelled at him, he would have triple gobbled at it on the roost. Yeah. And then the next morning, he gobbled one time all morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, don't don't ask me why a turkey gobbles. I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I have no idea. But yeah, my observation with that situation was maybe all the other ones saw each other fly up, and they're all in the tree, and they can see each other. So, I mean, no point in communicating. I can see you, you know? Yeah. And maybe this one flew up a little ways away and he's sitting in the tree all by himself. Like maybe I should let everybody know where I am, you know, so they don't forget about me tomorrow. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just spitballing some theories here, but it was interesting to me because he was obviously the only one that gobbled the afternoon before. And he gobbled the most that morning as well by like a wide margin. Yeah. Until he got shot and then he didn't gobble no more. Well, I think it's wild turkey hunting mystery number 42,684,172.64. Yeah. See, I always like to speculate that they're, they reason through all this. Like, he's alone. Right. That's why, you know. Meanwhile, he's probably sitting in the tree and he's like, my gosh, I just feel like gobbling this afternoon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Feeling good. <laughs> Feeling good. Have you oh, heard me yeah. today? My gosh. I'm on my game. I'm glorious. Listen <laughs> yeah, to me, everyone. That would be me. I mean, that, that turkey is me right there. If I could gobble, I'd just gobble all the time, man. I'd, I'd definitely be the one that got killed opening day like that. Yeah. Oh, me, but awesome hunt. I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity. My buddy Austin invited me down there for that hunt. And hunting with his dad was just, it was really cool. His dad's up there, up there, up there, over there, everywhere and his dad was a cool dude we really hunted well together and had a fun time beautiful place and it was awesome so can't ask for much more than that that's a good way to start the season off no doubt yeah there's just something about that that first one every year man you know it's like i can still do it you know (laughs) oh yeah no doubt because we're going into opening day it's like calling it just it doesn't sound like it did last year I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm making mistakes. You know, I, I don't know. It's everything. Can I still do this? You know, and then you get that first one under your belt and you're like, yeah, I still got it. Yeah. That's all. You know. Can I do so, it again tomorrow? Yeah. Now I want to do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a fact. But yeah. it was awesome hunt. I hope you all enjoyed it. Pretty solid action. I don't know how as a turkey hunter you can't enjoy audio like that. I mean, it just warms my soul. So. Well, hope you all enjoyed it as much as we did. I appreciate you sharing it with us. That was a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm beginning to get a little concerned about the number of birds you're killing in Alaska. Hey, I'm telling you, man, they liberal bag limits up there. Very little. They had an explosion of population in the past couple of years. No hunting pressure at all. And I, this was just the first one this year. I, you just wait. I got plenty more coming at you. So, I hunted different regions of Alaska. I didn't overshoot my population. Different islands and things like that out there. Different glaciers. You know, so it, how, I didn't overshoot them. How PO'd are you going to be when someone listens to your Alaska turkey hunts and is like, man, I have got, and doesn't realize that you're kidding, 
and is like, man, I've got to go up there and hunt. And goes up there and kills a bird and the first person to ever kill one in Alaska. And here we are. Here yeah. you are talking about it every week. There's there's one local in Alaska that's found a pocket of turkeys that nobody else knows about. And he He's going to listen to this and be like, no. Uh-huh. They revealed it. <laughs> he's had them all to himself for ten years, and nobody knows there's a stable population. Yes, if you, if the one person in Alaska <laughs> listening to this knows where that group is, do not tell anyone. Do not tell a soul. Take it to your grave. Yeah, put it in a lockbox in your will or something for if you have a, a kid that turkey hunts. That's the only time they should get that information. If you let me find out, I will be there next year. Yeah, I was there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> oh, me, but cool Very episode. Cool. And another positive from this evening, I broke out the pineapple and pepper jack sausage from the Real mm. Cajun Market. Whoo! I got to tell you, I think that's my favorite one so far. Mm-hmm. I am a sucker for some pepper jack, and man, it was good. I mean, I... I ate some of it just cold before I even cooked the other part. I couldn't wait, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just incredible. I mean, uh, hold on a second. I got I got a third party opinion for you. All right, woman. What do you What do you think of the pineapple and pepper jack from Real Cajun Market? Well, I have to say, being pregnant, I've been eating a lot of different foods, but by far one of my favorite is sausage. I mean, Cameron knows how to make it. It's tasty. It's delicious. Right amount of spice. This girl approved. And and that's a pregnant woman, folks. I mean, if that is the ultimate, the ultimate review. So that's awesome. There you go. There you go. But yeah, we had that tonight. It was awesome. That is the sponsor for this week's show, by the way, if you can't tell. Real Cajun Market. You can order sausages. I believe they also have crab cakes, other Cajun foods. You can order them. Delivered right to your doorstep, pre-cooked, ready to roll. If you would like to get some, you're not only going to be supporting yourself and your hunger, but you're going to be supporting this show and all of the future shows and our past shows from this year. But if you want to participate and get some, contact Cullen Lord or The Real Cajun Market on Instagram or Facebook. You can go to therealcajunmarket.com or you can call Cullen's wife, Ann. That may be your your most direct and quickest route. You never know. Tell them you heard about it on the Turkey Hunter podcast. They might cut you a deal. Who knows? But call Ann Lord, and Andy's going to give you that number. You can reach Ann at 678-471-1150. That's 678-471-1150. Very good. It is approved by me, approved by Andy, and approved by my pregnant wife. So can't beat that. It's got to be good. It really was. That's unbiased opinion. It was extremely good this evening. So yeah, look, if you think that someone would lie to you about killing a turkey in Alaska and then also lie to you about sausage, or someone would lie to you about killing a turkey in Puerto Rico and then also lie to you about sausage, Cameron and I can understand that. But yeah. a pregnant woman, she ain't gonna lie about sausage. She ain't lying about her food. I'm telling nah. No. No no doubt about it. You gotta go on that recommendation right there. <laughs> That's the ultimate. So well, check that out. Real Cajun Market. We appreciate them sponsoring this show and hopefully you guys will reach out and support them. And you guys know that we won't lie to you about food. Never have. Yeah. 
But don't ask us if we heard a turkey gobble. Yeah. Dude. I lie about where my where my wild meats come from. Just That's not, right. That's right. <laughs> not the quality. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Well, do you have a favor of the week for this week? My favor of the week this week, I'm going to make it the same one I've used before. We got a new organization for turkey hunters out there. It's called Turkeys for Tomorrow. Go to turkeysfortomorrow.org and partner up. It's awesome new organization. We've had Ron Jolly on the show. I think Preston Pittman's involved. A lot of these guys really and truly care about the wild turkey, and they're wanting to raise some funds for further research as to why we're experiencing these declines. So we need you and all of our listeners hop in there. I made a donation this year based on the number of turkeys I killed. For every bird I killed, I made a donation amount, and I sent that to them. I thought that was a cool idea, and it it felt good. It was like a little turkey tax I put on myself. So go support turkeys for tomorrow and, you know, just do that. That's the favor of the week. They need it. The turkey needs it. We got to get these turkey populations stable and rising is what I'd like. Amen. All right. Let's wrap Wrap this thing up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.